Hello and welcome. My name is Father William Maestri, and this is another edition of Gabriel's Trumpet for Wednesday of the second week of Lent, March the 8th. Our reading this morning comes to us by way of the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 20, verses 17 through 28. Matthew, chapter 20, verses 17 through 28. And In this particular passage, uh, it centers on the question of ambition. Now, we in America, we love ambitious people. We like those who want to get ahead. Study hard, work hard, save, be diligent in work, and so on, which are all very good, important qualities to have. We want our children, as they're growing up, we teach them lessons about ambition, the importance of hard work, of saving, of being prudent in our lifestyle, virtuous in our behavior. And all of those things are very good in and of themselves. But we also know that ambition can be taken as anything human can always be taken to the extreme. Yes, we want to get ahead, but we don't want to step on others in order to rise up. Because in doing that, we become corrupt on the inside. Any means to get ahead, cut corners, cheating, fraud, lying, all of those things We just use people in order to get ahead. We become ambitious, and ambition can become a vice when it spills over into lust, that inordinate desire for things, for status, for the acclaim of others, for rewards of an earthly kind. And so ambition must always be placed in the context of the virtues, the virtue of temperance, the virtue of prudence, the virtue of justice, and the virtue of fortitude or courage. That is, when we exercise ambition, we want to be prudent. We want to use good judgment. There are opportunities we may have to, quote-unquote, get ahead, but they come at a great cost, and the cost is to our soul, to our relationship, to our families. Some people uh, work 60, 70 hours a week, maybe more. Yes, they have all of the things that reek of success, of having made it, getting ahead and having made it. But in the process, they live in a beautiful house, but their home is a shack because they live in, the, in, the, in that house with strangers. Uh, they grow apart from each other, spouses do, children do. Uh, we miss important events in the life of children. We become indifferent or apathetic to those relationships between spouses that keep a marriage together and seal the bonds of love 
within a family. We can become ambitious to the point where good judgment about things that last beyond testimonials and bank accounts and all of that sort of stuff. And we lose the real treasures of life. We are friendless because we simply use people in order to move up to the next step on the ladder to success. The movie, The Sweet Smell of Success, and all of that kind of stuff. And it sours the soul. Justice, uh, are we fair? Do we render to each their due? Or are we always trying to grab uh, some recognition that doesn't belong to us? Some achievement that is really not ours, but we want the payoff that goes with it. And so we are, we are fraudulent in our dealings with others. Yes, we put the deal through, but again, at what cost on a deeper level? Uh, the importance <clears throat> of temperance. Uh, we want to live a balanced life. All work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. It also kills the soul, for we can be so over-invested in work that we leave no room for enjoyment, for pleasure, for recreation, recreation, for renewing the deeper part of our being. And so we ignore the soul, our spirit, in the name of work. And we can rationalize that. I have to get ahead. The reason you have all this stuff is because I work 70, 80 hours a week and so on. But at what cost? At what price? Uh, is it really worth it? And uh, we want to have courage. The courage at times to say no. It takes great courage to say no in the face of all of the material things that can be waved in front of us. But if I, if I did this, if I pull that deal off, if I step over that person in order to get this, look, look, look how secure I will be. How secure will you be? How, how uh, at peace will you be? Or are you always worrying about the next deal, the next opportunity that you don't want to miss or that someone will take something from you? So that kind, of, that kind of life is really not living a fully human life because we have misplaced our priorities. We have placed our priorities in things which really do not nourish us uh, as human beings and certainly does not nourish our relationship with God. I don't have time for prayer. I don't have time for mass. I don't have time for devotion. I don't have time to talk with God. But that time will become eternity. And do you want to spend your eternity surrounded by your things? Or do you want to spend eternity 
in the presence of Almighty God. We have to look at our priorities and see if we're living a balanced life. When material things get out of balance, it corrupts the rest of us. The rest of our being is wounded, becomes anemic, and it shrivels up. And in our Gospel reading, uh, Jesus gives some very important words to us today. Jesus is making his way in, to Jerusalem. Now remember, Jerusalem is the symbol and the city where Jesus will finally be crucified. And Lent is our journey with Jesus following him to the holy city of Jerusalem so we may die to ourselves so that we may truly live in him and for him now and in eternity. And as they're going up to Jerusalem, Jesus says that the Son of Man will be handed over to the chief priests and scribes and he will be condemned to death. They will turn him over to the Gentiles. He will be made sport of, flogged, and crucified. But on the third day, he will be raised up. Always remember that. He will be raised up on the third day. Because all of those things that the world throws on Jesus, the religious establishment condemning him, has has been at odds with him throughout the public ministry, as we know. Pharisees, the scribes, the religious authorities. Rome is suspicious of him because they talk about Jesus as a king, completely misunderstanding and thinking only in earthly terms. So Jesus is a danger. And But those things pass. What doesn't pass is that he will be raised on the third day. And as Jesus tells this to the disciples, it happens that James and John's mother is present. She hears this. And what does she do? Well, being uh, a good, overbearing, helicopter kind of mother, she says, I have a favor to ask of you. And Jesus says, well, what do you want? And he says, and she says, promise me that these sons of mine, James and John, that they will be at your right hand and your left hand when you come into your kingdom. In other words, if you're going to die or if there's going to be some kind of dramatic rescue of you by your power and you're going to be an earthly ruler, then I want my sons at your right hand and your left hand, right there, sharing in that power and glory that no doubt you're going to bring about. And Jesus says, you do not know what you are asking. You don't know what you're asking because you're thinking in earthly and uh, material terms, political terms, power and glory of this world that passes away. And Jesus says to her, can you drink of the cup I am to drink of? 
Can you drink of the crucifixion? Can you drink of that? And the sons answer, we can. And Jesus says then, well, from the cup I drink, you shall drink. But sitting at my right hand and my left hand is not mine to give. That belongs to the Father. But when the disciples hear all of this going on, St. Matthew tells us they become indignant. Notice. Notice what ambition does. Blind ambition. It begins to pollute others. They become indignant. They're jealous. They begin they begin to become resentful. See the poison and the toxic of that kind of ambition. Friends become rivals and rivals become enemies. And all of the things of justice and temperance and prudence and fortitude, they, they go out the window. All of our Christian values, all of the virtues. Because now, here is somebody who was a fellow disciple. We walked together, ate together, traveled with Jesus together. Now they're indignant. Now they're indignant. And so Jesus says to them, anyone among you who aspires to greatness must serve the rest. And whoever wants to rank first among you must serve the needs of all. Wow. That's what it means to be ambitious. It means to be of service to others. Pour yourself out for others. And Jesus says, uh, I have come uh, not to be served, but to serve, to give my life as a ransom for many. We are called to pour ourselves out for others, die to ourselves in imitation of Christ daily. Little small things, sometimes big things. But when we pour ourselves out to others in communion with Christ out of divine love, we are truly great. We are successful. We are one, number one. We want to be number one. That's the way to do it. Humble service. As Jesus will wash their feet at the Last Supper, so we are to wash the feet of one another. It's a hard lesson, especially when the culture indicates that easy street is to be served, is to take, to store, to get all of the things of the world which passes away. But if you want to truly be great, you want to truly be number one, you want the ambition, be ambitious for the things above. Be ambitious in following Christ. May during this holy season we be ambitious ambitious in pouring ourselves out for others in communion with Christ. And then we shall grow ever closer to him, and we too will rise 
on the third day. God bless you.